Hey everybody, this is Jason, and today we've got a legend. Klaus Obermeier has had a lift chair's view of skiing blossoming from the sport's infancy to today. From shoes he nailed to boards pride from orange crates to the first ever skis with tips, the debut of metal edges, goggles, goose down, and Gore-Tex, Klaus has seen every technical step of skiing's progression. Today, he's 98 years old, still skis, and still captains the progression of skiing from his sport Obermeyer office in Aspen. Listen in and learn about his techniques for teaching first-timers in Aspen in 1947. Hint, side-slipping to his secret for longevity on the slopes. Truthfully, we should all be like Klaus. This is a conversation with a legend whose insight can most certainly help us find that next level of skiing. So tune in, folks. Here comes Klaus. Hello, everybody. This is Jason Blevins, and you are listening to Next Level Skiing, a podcast by Telluride's own Wagner Custom Skis. And we are going to explore tips, hacks, techniques, and strategies for taking our skiing up a notch. Seems like in this sport, it's just a little too easy to sit back and cruise. So what can we do to get to that next level, break off the plateau? Hopefully, this collection of skiing luminaries can elevate our game on snow. So gather around, fellow rivers. Let's get started and find our next level. We are here today with the legend, Klaus Obermeier. How Hi. do you do? It's great. <laughs> great to talk to you, well, Mr. Obermeier. Yeah, that, I, should, I should really tell you my first pair of skis I made when I was like two and a half years old. And uh, my dad was buying oranges in crates from Italy. And uh, those crates were made out of very thin chestnut boards. So I nailed my best pair of buckle house shoes on a pair of those boards. You nailed the shoes to the the, 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 (laughs) Yeah, it was a safety shoe. (laughs) So, but anyhow... uh, and then I had I put a, a string around the end of the board and pulled it up, so I had tip a tip and wound out around my knee. So when I bent my knees forward, I made a purzel bomb, you know. <laughs> <laughs> so anyhow, but it, but it was just absolutely terrific that you could slide on snow. That was a dream. How to, old were you for this? Yeah. It's, a, it's absolutely fabulous. Nice. And and I built a little jumping hill out of snow, you know, to, uh, and jump with them. It was just a lot of fun. But then when I was like four and a half or five years old, my mom had worked with in um, Norway with Stein Eriksson's father, Marius Eriksson. And he made a pair of real skis for me. They had permanent tips. Oh, I didn't have up. to pull them up with a rope. <laughs> so, so, and that was naturally the the most luxurious thing you you could own. And it, it gave it gave me the freedom of climbing one mountain with it and. And ski down, and, and next week another one. So 
it just opened it up for me. And well, yeah. at 98 years old, you are probably one of the few people out there today who have experienced every technological advancement in the history of skiing. You know, from yeah. upturned tips on your orange crate via <laughs> wooden skis to, permanent, to tips. permanent tips to um, metal edges <laughs> yeah. to oh, water-repellent clothing to double... edges yeah. was a fantastic step forward. And I saw the first ones I got in St. Anton uh, from the uh, Hannah Schneider ski shop there. And I there was a little bundle from Salzburg. There was a, the, a guy, Lettner, Dr. Lettner. He made the first etches. And so, so they came in a bundle and there were tiny little screws with it. And I took those home and mounted them on my skis, which was quite a job with a ch chisel to make the groove for them. Oh. But that was like a secret weapon. I, I won all the races then because the, I could, even on ice, I could hold. Hold on so, ice. So, so the, the, that was one of the great gifts. And I had, this, and I never showed it to anybody. I kept those skis secret and I, I stand, stood them up next to my bed and I thought, it cannot get any better. That's <laughs> <laughs> just fantastic, you know. What would what were some of the most significant technological advancements that made you ski better? The, there were the, upturned the, tips, metal edges. I, yeah, I think then came many different different all the ski factories that were trying to, to be on the leading edge as much as possible. Uh, the, some made the skis very soft, you know. Then some even used hickory wood, mm -hmm. which came from America. America, I think, is the only country that has hick that where hickory grows, and and the hickory was was very tough, so the tips didn't break off as easily, and and but but it was very soft it was very flexible <laughs> so that that was a, a big thing to have a hickory ski <laughs> instead of an ash ski yeah, you know sure. so anyhow it was a pleasure to see how the skis got always a little bit better yeah, sure. a little softer and the sport of skiing kept changing. I mean, we used to, at the beginning, only do snowplow turns. And then we did a, a, a stem Christie, and then we did a Christie, and then we did parallel turns. That, that uh, was a, an amazing transition. Yeah, yeah. and it, it also then uh, took kind of, different shape skis. Uh, 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 yeah, sure. Yeah. So I, I had a friend of mine made me a, a glacier ski that was short enough to put in the rucksack. So in the summer, we we climbed up like to 3,000 or 4,000 meters even and, and had still a 1,000 meter vertical skiing on those short skis. <laughs> they were a little bit wider, so they floated. And so we could ski all year oh, because right. of them. 
So were, you moved they were, to, they, were, they were the first real short skis. You moved to Aspen in the late 1940s. Yes. And people were just discovering this community as a ski destination. Yes. And you were a ski instructor. Yeah. And so people were just learning, just figuring out how to ski. What were some tips that you would give to someone who was trying to kind of figure this sport out? Maybe they they knew how to snowplow, but they were making the transition to parallel. Yeah. Were there any... Were there any tips that you gave someone that are applicable oh, yeah, today? Well, I, I taught them still... how to side slip. Oh, there the, you go on the on right. the slope it, it, because the, the the side slipping was part of a, of a Christie of right. a, a kind of more advanced turn than and uh, that, that worked. And but I think I the, the the secret of my teaching was to never ask them to do something that would scare them. I uh, didn't want to want them to be scared because then they stiffen up. So, so I always had it easy enough for them that they could enjoy it. Sure. And 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 then they learned faster that way. And the next thing you know, in one week they, they learned how to do a, a, a stem Christy. That was pretty terrific from zero. From zero, yeah, yeah. and uh, and then naturally it, it was like when you learn a water start uh, in in windsurfing, yeah. that just opens <laughs> opens up <laughs> the world for you, you know, and uh, and uh, when they did the stem Christy, that opened up the mountain for them. Really, it just made made it so much safer and so much more fun and they could afford to go faster. And then then those turns were done faster and faster. And then eventually we got white skis, yeah. wider skis that floated <laughs> in deep snow and made it easier to ski deep snow because in the beginning, nobody could ski deep snow. No. So that helped, but they were very long then eventually the snowboarding came, and from the snowboarding, that influenced the skis some, because yeah, the, the sno snowboard you, you was floating and was much easier to ski deep snow with. So, so then the skis got shorter and wider. Correct. And now, now you, with those skis, you can ski chunk snow. It's easy. And and they float at low speeds, so so it, it it has kind of opened up the whole world where there are mountains and where there is snow as a ski area. You don't yeah. need a lift. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so we can go anywhere. You can ski others. So it's come it's come a long way. It really, it's terrific. really has. It really has. <laughs> Next level skiing is brought to you by Wagner Custom Skis in Telluride, Colorado. If you want to have more fun skiing, an easy option is a pair of custom rides from Wagner. Really, it's one of the smartest ways to take your skiing to the next level. Before the crew at Wagner starts building your skis, they guide you through their skier DNA fitting system. It starts with an online questionnaire, pretty in-depth questionnaire. Check it out at wagnerskis.com slash DNA. And then it ends with a chat with an expert ski designer who really grills you about how you ski and what you like to ski. So armed with this skier DNA, they forge a set of skis optimized just for you. The perfect length, 
width, side cut, tip and tail shape, camber, rocker, stiffness, flex pattern, materials, and of course, graphics, all sculpted and precision crafted by skiers in Telluride. It's a smarter way to buy skis. doesn't matter where you live or, or really even what your level of skiing is. You can work with a ski designer at Wagner Custom, and they will dial in a ski design so that when you click in, you will tune into your skiing. You're going to feel immediately at ease with improved balance and comfort and control. It takes about three weeks from that interview to that oh-so-happy day when the tall box from Wagner lands on your front stoop. And each pair is fully guaranteed. Click over to wagnerskis.com slash DNA and find your next level with a pair of customized Wagner skis. So one of your premises here at Sport Obermeyer is keeping people comfortable on the snow and in the winter and in the mountains when they're playing. That's been a pillar of your approach to this sport, right? Making sure that when people do go skiing, they, they stay warm, they stay dry, they're not... Yeah. With ski clothing, there was like in 40, 1947, practically no ski clothing. And, uh, and we developed a, a lot of it and then got copied by people. <laughs> but we always were ahead. <laughs> and the aim was to make ski clothing that makes skiing more enjoyable. So you don't freeze, you can move and developed the parkers yeah. that, that worked and, and goggles that and, worked. Yeah, and ski pants that mm. were stretched that worked very well. So, and just brought even more fun to skiing than it was even if you skied in city clothing. You know? <laughs> so your, your premise when you were young as an instructor was don't scare your guests. Yes. Get them, make sure they're comfortable so they're relaxed, yeah, right? Exactly. And then make them comfortable physically with their with their clothing so yeah. they're not cold. Yeah. So if if you're comfortable and you're not scared, you might be able to uh, you, take you, your you skiing will, to that next level. You, you're better the sport, you know? Right. Yeah. yeah. So do you still ski as regularly as you as you have in the past? You try to get up there? Well, not quite as much. I mean, <laughs> I used to ski so much. Right. But 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 I still ski when the days are nice. Yeah, you know. Yeah, I don't ski in a snowstorm anymore because you don't see as well when you get to be over twenty five years old. <laughs> I know that. <laughs> so, so, <laughs> yeah, it, it, but it's it's so enjoyable. And, and at this point of my of my age, I'm ninety eight and a half years old. It's easier to ski than it is to walk. <laughs> That's awesome. It's just so, yeah, it's What's, so terrific. What are some of the secrets to your longevity? I am exactly half your age, yep. and I feel often sore after a day of skiing, even a regular day. I'm not, I don't have that spring in my step that I used to have, yeah. but I sure hope I can ski when I'm, yeah, your age. How? What are some of your secrets? Some of your tips? I, I think one secret is to eat no more than you burn off. Number one, you don't want to get fat because that keeps you from being flexible. Right. And then work out, work out, work out. In every the gym. day, every day, 
with the machines. Or just stay in shape, build your muscles, keep your bones under pressure uh, with, with sports. Uh, because if you if you don't nurture things, you don't need them anymore, and, and slowly carries away the calcium. You know the right. next thing you know they're brittle. Yeah. <laughs> so, so just never give up working out. Do sports like tennis. I swim half a mile a day every morning. Oh wow! Uh, yeah, because that's it forces you to breathe deeply. It makes you weightless and your body can stretch out from all the hard workouts. It's a great, great sport. That's awesome. So, so we're lucky to have the facilities here in Aspen to sure. do it. Sure. And how about for actual skiing? Were there Was there ever a moment in your life where you felt someone told you something and you suddenly got better? Once you thought about a certain thing, a certain position. You know, I remember someone telling me to really press your shins into the front of your ski boots. And now I think about that all the time. And it's, I mean, anytime you are thinking about pressing your shins into the front of your ski boots, you're in the right position and things are going great. <laughs> How about for you? Did you ever get a single piece of advice where you thought, wow, that's really I, I good. think we learned Friedel Pfeiffer and I learned from Tony Salos. He was a sheep herder, mm-hmm. but he got so good in skiing. <laughs> he was the first one that I knew that could ski, make parallel turns. <laughs> and, and so uh, that was a, a step forward. And, Just watching uh, someone better than yeah. you. Tony was terrific and... and, and uh, People like Fred Iselin yeah. was terrific. Friedel Pfeiffer was terrific. They were they, his family had a farm up up on the mountain above St. Anton, and he he skied he skied down to school every day in the winter, and he got really really good. So, and his family there were twelve children in his family, and his father. When a boy got to be six years old, he went into the woods, cut a tree that was just bent right, and made him a pair of skis. You know, <laughs> the, 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 that's awesome. So, uh, yeah, and the girls cool. needed sweaters for him, so they were warm enough. Yeah. There were half girls and half boys in that family. So, <laughs> the, but but Friedel got to be a fabulous skier, and then was the head of the ski school in Aspen, and it was his dream to make Aspen Mountain a ski mountain, and he did it. It was great. Was he the first ski instructor or first head of the ski school, Friedel? But he was the first one in for yeah, Aspen skiing. Yeah, yeah. he he started the Aspen Skiing Corporation. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's great. And yeah. obviously, this place has spawned probably millions of skiers, right? Yeah, we had a lot of fun. And, and Fred Iselin, he went to to Hollywood and got the, the talk, the, the, uh, the uh, nice movie actors in, in, into coming to Aspen instead of Sun Valley. So, so, so we got the first publicity through that, you know, and they were great. I recall pictures of uh, 
the Kennedy boys jumping off the building at the skier chalet and the oh, swimming yeah. pool. That, that was that. another <laughs> great thing. Yeah. Yeah, it really put you guys on the map when the Kennedys came to visit, right? Yeah. 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 And, so, and Gary Cooper, I talked Gary Cooper. He was such a great, nice human being and a, a, a born cowboy somehow. And he learned fast and had a wonderful time, you know, and we got a lot of publicity with it. And your tenure as a ski instructor, what sort of characteristics did your clients have for them to learn quickly? Like the best learners, like Gary Cooper, what about him made him learn so quickly? He enjoyed, it was so enjoyable. Skiing can be dangerous and it can be very enjoyable. And, and you, when you teach somebody, you want that student not scared, but you, you, you want them to enjoy it. And so, so every day he skied better and he learned fast and enjoyed it more. Yeah, yeah. But it's a fine line sometimes, right? Not scaring them, but yeah. pushing them to the yeah. edge of their yeah. talents, right? Yeah, but, but it, it's, you end up where you aim for. You aim for teaching them as quickly as that is possible and as well as possible. And, and, and you do that when, when they learn how to become one with the mountain. They are not scared. Right. Yeah. Not scared. Yeah. Comfortable. Yeah. And, and enjoyed. I mean, having is such a lovely enjoyment, you know. <laughs> Isn't it though? <laughs> Isn't it though? We're lucky, aren't we? Yeah, very, very lucky that that came in our uh, generation. Yeah. To to where it really grew. The Norwegians did it like 5,000 years ago. (laughs) But But they did it to travel, right? Yeah, they hunted and fought fought on skis. And and it took a long time before it moved from Norway to, to the Alps. Mm-hmm. Like was like in 1880 around there, some of the nice Norwegians came down and uh, showed us how to ski. <laughs> <laughs> and now look at us, just living the dream out here in yeah. Aspen, Colorado. <laughs> oh yeah, it's uh, beautiful. Yeah, it is really nice. It's been uh, it's been an interesting progression for the way you have seen skiing move from its birth to today. Yeah. Uh, You know, there's been, you know, ups and downs, there's been valleys and plateaus and the industry has stalled out and grown and surged. And, you know, every, every characteristic that could happen to, to a history of a sport, you've, you've been there on the front row. Yeah. But just, it, it got to be more fun all the time. It just still is fun. Yeah, yeah. It never got tired. Yeah. <laughs> every day, when you used to ski every day, what got you up there to go skiing? What made you want to go skiing every day? Oh, because it's just so fun. <laughs> and, and you get faster and faster, you know. It, 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 it was, there was a time when a ski instructor, like in 47, 48, 49, was the next thing to God. <laughs> you know, the people people really respected a, a ski instructor and, and 
thought, well, if I can ski half as well as he does, I'd be very happy, you know. So there, there was an amazing thing. And I think what was kind of nice was how America opened its arms to skiing after the war. And a lot of the peasants that skied well in, in Europe they came over here as ski instructors, you know. Yeah. <laughs> so it, it, and it just turned out to be so much fun and great. What can the industry do now, do you think, to keep that so fun and entertaining and open? Uh, like you said, the peasants in Europe moved over here and they were able to you know, build <laughs> careers and lives. And made a good living. Yeah. yeah and, um, and, it's harder and, now for yeah. someone to make a living. Well, they were not all peasants, but they, yeah. they, but, but, uh, they were slightly undereducated. Yeah. Right. And probably not, you know, the wealthy elite, right? No, they, they were, were kids from, from farmers. Yeah. Farm rural boys. And, yeah. 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 What can the industry do now to, to, just let it happen. <laughs> just, just have as, as few regulations as possible and, and uh, enjoy it. Enjoy that wonderful sport, the ability to slide on snow. Oh, isn't that nice? <laughs> nothing like it. There's nothing like it. Yeah. <laughs> this has been so fun, Klaus. I've had... Always such a pleasure to talk with you. Hopefully you, your insights will help folks yeah. maybe find a way to improve their skiing, embrace their skiing, and just have a grin like Klaus. Yes, love it. Yeah, love it. <laughs> Remember, everybody, be like Klaus. There you go. Thank you, Mr. Obermeyer. <laughs> Next Level Skiing is brought to you by Wagner Custom Skis in Telluride, Colorado. The show is produced by Pete Wagner and Heidi Lauterbach. Music by Denver's The Angle. Seriously, check those guys out if you ever get a chance. Subscribe or download at wagnerskis.com or wherever you find your podcast. My name is Jason Blevins. May your next turn be better than your last, my friends. Thanks for listening. <laughs>